Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice-certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic, heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NealCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. Woo! Welcome to another Every Day is a New Day episode. My name is Kim O'Neill and I am excited to be here. If you couldn't tell, oh my goodness. So let me take a quick look at the chat. I see we have a couple of people who are with us live already. Hello, Helene, good to see you. Yes, 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 let us know in the chat if you are with us today, where you're joining us from. And most importantly, we have a very special show today. I've brought back a guest that we had on the show a few months ago and uh, there was so much more we could have said in that show, so we decided to do another show and make this a special one. So in a moment here, I'm gonna be bringing him on the screen for you to see him and for our audio listeners, for you to hear him. And we are looking to answer your questions today. So looking to answer your angel questions. And with that, I wanna just say welcome. You are in the right place. So happy to have you here. And I'm gonna go ahead and bring up our guest today. Welcome, Elias Raymer. Well, thank you. It is so good to be back and it's wonderful to see you and just already to be basking in the rippling mystical field of your enthusiasm. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Elias. I really appreciate that. Um, oh, this... I have so much fun on this show and I, I love um, doing things like what we're about to do answer people's questions and go deeper into a subject that you know a lot about. And of course, you know a lot more than just about angels, um, but I'm really, really excited for this. So let me do a quick little, there we go with the screen. And Elias, what I wanna do before we get into our conversation and of course asking, answering people's angel questions is I wanna give them just a little bit of background about you, and then also how we connected, because I just think that's a fun little story. And uh, <laughs> so so let me go ahead and just share with everyone who Elias Raymer is. Elias Raymer is an ordained magid, a sacred storyteller in the Jewish, Jewish tradition, the first known interfaith ordained magid in the world, and the co-author of Ask Your Angels just one book that he has, he has authored. Elias is also a movement and meditation teacher whose writing currently falls in a genre referred to as queer feminist speculative fiction theology. And I love that. Elias, would you like to share with everyone just a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Well, thank you. I wanna spiral back because what you said is on a certain level, I know a lot about angels. But on another level, 
I know a lot about angels consciously. So if you're listening today and you haven't had the kind of experiences that I have had consciously, that doesn't mean that you're not in touch with your angels all the time and they're not in touch with you all the time. And so this journey really that you're supporting Kim is opening the door to consciousness of something that happens all the time. We're always in touch with the angels. I, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and, and assuring people that um, this conversation applies to them. So regardless of their, their experiences, I love that. And so, okay, now just to, just to share with everyone again, I said this in the last show, but how Elias and I connected, and I, and I feel like there's an angel play in this somehow, is it was literally about 20 years ago, I, I'm, I'm gathering, about 20 years ago, uh, my stepmom gifted me this book, Ask Your Angels. And um, I just thought, how special, wow. And I'll be honest, I didn't do much with the book then. But a couple of years ago, I was doing some videos and I felt inspired to read part of this book and to share it on YouTube. And I did a video on YouTube where I talked about this book and read an expert excerpt. And anyway, it was just it was just a nice video. And Elias came upon it and commented on the video. And I just found that to be so special and just kind of just so magical how that happened. I mean, I know that that can happen with anybody, but to me, that was really, really special. And so and that's how we connected. They said, oh my goodness, well, I want to bring you on the show then. So um, yeah, that's my fun little story. <laughs> but there's one other little strand to it, which is at almost exactly the same time that I accidentally came upon your YouTube video, so did my son. That's right. That's right. And you didn't tell him about that. That just happened to be that way. Yes. And so I contacted you independently. I think he contacted you. Yes. And then you assumed that I heard about it from him. <laughs> but in fact, the angels had tapped both of us on the shoulder and said, hey, go to YouTube. Float around. You're going to find something interesting. So it was rather perfect. Well, I continue to get people who see that video and comment on it because they love hearing from you, your book. Uh, I think it was actually the beginning of this week, someone else found the video and said something similar, like, thank you so much. Um, you know, I've loved this book or this, this. They just, they say positive things that just really emphasize that this book has been a, a gift to people and uh, they like it and they, they love your work. So, so yeah, that's a fun little story. Wanted to share that. And let me take a quick look. We got some additional comments here. Oh, so good to see. We have another angel guy in the house. Keith Leon S. is affirming. He also loves this book. Keith, so good to see you here. Thank you for that. And he's saying he has it on his shelf. Awesome, awesome. You guys are wonderful. Um, oh, my goodness. And we've already got some... Testament, Helene is saying, I have seen my mother and my sister. Um, I presume they have passed on. And Helene, that is that that sounds like a very special experience. Wonderful. And Keith is saying, we authors love when people actually read our books. I yes, I I attest to that as well. I am also an author. Keith is a publisher and an author. And Elias, before we get into our angel Q&A, uh, because we are opening up the conversation to you, to everyone who is with us today, especially live. If you're live with us on Facebook or on YouTube and you have questions about, about angels, 
we're going to be answering your questions. So do go ahead and type those in the chat so that we can speak to that. So Elias can, can answer those questions for you. And I think I now just lost my little train of thought. No, I didn't. Elias, I was going to throw it back to you. And would you like to share with everyone one of your other books that you have written that also speaks to angels? You, you mentioned this before the show. I want to make sure everyone knows. Yeah, so I co-authored with my angel a book called Angel Answers. Ah, okay. came out a few years after Ask Your Angels. And that is still in print. It's out there in the world. And I'm quite in love with the cover art, which is done by an amazing artist, Karen Hoey. And H-A-U-G-H-E-Y. And you can look up her work because it's amazing. And that's all angel material. And then I did another book called Revelations for a New Millennium. And there is some angel material in here. There are other things. Uh, dictation from God, other beings. But these three books for me, starting with Ask Your Angels, are kind of my little blessed trilogy. Awesome. And thank you for pointing out that that was a different book. I somehow was thinking that first the Answer Angels book was a different cover of this one, but no, they're two separate books. So two books, yes. wonderful. Okay. Okay. So Elias, we are going to spend time answering people's questions about angels. And as we do that, I do already have some questions here with me that I will be pulling from. And again, to our live audience, if you have questions, do go ahead and let us know down in the chat so that we can answer your questions while you are here. But before we do that, is is there a you know is there any way that you would like to preface this angel Q and A? Um, I don't know, what, what thoughts come to mind for you as you think of you know questions that people tend to have or how this benefits people? Is there anything you'd like to share about that? Thank you. Two things come to mind. One is, as I said earlier, we're always in touch with the angels. People often say we only use 10% of our brain, but I think we only use 10% of our brain consciously. So in that other 90%, we're talking to God, however, the divine, whatever we call it, the universe. We're always talking to angels. And the other piece is really a story that I can't remember if I told the last time about when Raphael, the angel archangel, came to see me in my bedroom in Brooklyn. Feel free to share it again. So I was sitting on my bed and suddenly a seven foot tall being appeared who was male, enormous wings, skin as black as night, utterly looking at me and penetrating my entire body. And I said to him, okay, I get it. You look like a man, but is that what you really look like? And slowly, like the special effect in a movie, he morphed into she, who I think of as Raffaella. Wow. Without ever disappearing, just slowly morphed. And so I said, okay, I get it. You can show up as male, you can show up as female, but is that what you look like to all sentient beings? And this woman, 
melted down. Again, imagine a special effect in a movie from a woman, melted down and then spread out horizontally about oh, four feet off the floor of my bedroom as an enormous dolphin. It was just floating above the floor of my bedroom in Brooklyn. And whereas as a human, it had enormous wings. As a dolphin, it had two tiny little wings. But I knew that it was the same being. And so I said, okay, I get it. You can show up as male or female. You show up to look like the sentient being that you're speaking to. Is that what you really look like? And then the dolphin morphed into an enormous sphere of light maybe oh, six, eight feet in diameter, bigger, right at the absolute edge of my visual field. When it was a man, when it was a woman, when it was a dolphin, it was absolutely solid and physical. I couldn't see through it. This was this gigantic sphere of light. And through the very middle of it was a cylinder that went from the top to the bottom that was luminous and out of the cylinder were coming what I can only describe as tentacles that reached out from the center in every direction beyond the sphere. And I realized that on some deep level, our perception of wings were those tentacles. Oh, okay. And what it said to me, and I'm using the pronoun, you know, at least often where I live, when you go on a Zoom call, you put your name and pronouns down. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if the angel happens to show up, it will probably say, you know, Raphael ish, pronoun it is. So what it said to me is this is the closest you can perceive of what we really look like, which is the gigantic sphere of light. Wow. Oh, I love that. Um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, oh, that didn't quite look come out the way I wanted to forget that. With that, I am going to quickly remind everybody about the Let Your Light Shine movement. You have an open invitation to join the Let Your Light Shine movement. Elias, I'm going to ask the first question. I'm going to put a link on the screen to join the Let Your Light Shine movement for those who would like to do so. Um, I, you know, I see people as beings of light and you simply identifying that ray of light as being um, uh, akin to angel wings, of course, for angels, I'm not saying for humans. Um, I don't know. Is there, a is there a connection there when you think about humans and how we shine as light beings? Do you have any new, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like there's something new there with um, the way humans shine their light and angels being the light that they are. I don't know, anything come up for you? Just, you know. Uh, what the angels told me again and again from almost the beginning of their first appearing to me in the 70s was that human beings, the soul of what we are and angels come from the same part of the heart of God, whatever that metaphor means. So we come from the same place as angels do, but we've gone on different journeys. So the journey that some of us made was to embody again and again and again, to incarnate and reincarnate. And many of us have lived on other planets before we came to earth. 
And if we continue to mess up this planet, we're going to have to continue our education reincarnating somewhere else because it's not going to be viable here. So all of us emerged from the heart of God, angels and what became human beings and dolphins, whales, other sentient beings. But they, the ones who we think of as angels, made a choice to stay disembodied, to not enter into what we have as physicality. So we come and go from it. They have stayed the same. And even when they manifest, and all through history, people have seen angels manifest as I have, and other people here probably have. They're not physical, even if they look physical. They weren't okay. born, they won't die. They take on a physical form. I'm so glad I asked that. And thank you for being able to speak to that. That, that was really awesome. Um, yes, our, our theme this year is Let Your Light Shine. So if you would like to join the Let Your Light Shine movement, it is free and easy. And it's simply a way for uh, you to feel more empowered in being who you authentically are, shining your authentic light in the world. And you can go to the link on the screen, which is a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash Let Your Light Shine movement. And with that, I do want to get back to our angel Q&A. And we do have a question in the chat here. So our very first question comes to us from Helene. And Helene is asking, how long do your angels keep coming around you? Great question. So what I would say is they're not coming because they're not going. They're always here. They're always with us from before we're born, when the soul, the luminous energy that we are, chooses to reincarnate, they're coming with us back to the physical world, but they don't go away. What goes away is our perception. I'm aware of you, I'm not. I'm aware of you, I'm not. They're always aware of us, they're always with us. So in a way, how long does do your angels keep coming around you? Always. That is a great, great answer and distinction. Um, Helene, let us know if that was helpful for you. And again, anyone else that has any questions, feel free to type those in the chat. I do have a list of additional questions here. So Elias, my first question is, what do angels do when they're not helping people? Lovely question. I suppose often people think about this notion of celestial choirs, you know, angels with harps and wings floating okay. on clouds somewhere in heaven. And what little they've shown me of that, they make a lot of music. It doesn't feel anything like our music. It's vibratory patterns of energy that they are sharing. So, that's one thing that they do. They watch, they listen, they observe, but they also have really large caseloads. So everyone has a collection of angels that are watching us, but okay. many of those angels are watching over possibly billions of beings on other planets. So they have a way of manifesting, appearing in different realities, in different dimensions. And so they're both everywhere and they're always engaged. 
I think so, of social workers. They have a really big caseload. They get no days off. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and they love it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask a follow-up question to that. And then I see we've got another uh, question in the chat. And keep those questions coming, everybody. Um, so... Okay, so I feel like you sort of answered my next question, but at the same time, there's still, okay. So so does that imply that angels can be in more than one place at a time? To our sensory apparatus, yes. To their sensory apparatus. Oh, I could never answer this question this way before when it's been asked. It's a little bit like being on Zoom. If you're on Zoom, you're looking at a screen and there could be 25 people in separate places all together. Okay. Zoom is actually a good analog metaphor to an angel's experience. They're in one place and 25 at the same time. As I understand what they're trying to tell me about their experience. Okay. It's a paradox. And, and just as you said that, is that an answer that you already have had, or are you receiving answers right now as we're asking them? <laughs> Lovely question, both. It is an answer I've had before because I've asked this for a very long time. Okay. And, uh, and there, so th there's conversation going on, not quite in the back of my physical brain, but yeah, that's right. Go here, go there, little, File cards are being pulled out of my head when you ask things. It's so fun. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we have another question here from this one is from Rebecca, and she is asking, How do we become more receptive to their presence? Lovely question, Rebecca Flores, and beautiful picture. So the picture of the big hand and the little hand in some way contains the answer. Mm. Feeling, knowing that we're touched and held. And paradoxically, what the angels have said to me again and again and again and again is that given that they're non-physical beings that live in a different dimension than we do, we would probably logically think that the less we become physical, the more we'll perceive them. But in fact, it's the opposite, is what they've told me. The more we become physical and present as the embodied beings we chose to be, the more aware we will be of them. So their first suggestion to everybody is notice where you're sitting right now. Can you feel your sit bones in the chair or on the floor? Can you feel your breath? Can you put your hands on your chest and feel your heart beating? Can you feel that there's energy around your body that radiates from it and to it? And when you come to that place, a subtle sensory opening will start to happen. And you can put out back to tentacles and little feelers this awareness, oh, I'm not alone here. And for some people, especially in our society, that's really scary because we're so focused on this notion of independence and autonomy. And for some people, it's 
terrifying and people that I work with for decades who say, oh wait, when I'm um, really, really angry or the angel's watching me, when I am watching pornography or the angel's watching me, when I'm utterly disconnected or drunk out of my mind or the angel's watching me. So for some people, in the culture that we live in, there's a resistance to wanting to open up. But whether we're conscious again of them or not, they're here and they're not spying on us. <laughs> the other thing, it's not like Big Brother is watching you. They're not spying on us, Rebecca, and everybody out there. And whatever judgments we may have about what we're doing, it's like, oh my God, the angels are watching me. Oof. They only come toward us as we're conscious of them from the place of love. So whatever judgments we may have, oh, I don't want them to watch me when I do that. It's like, excuse me, Angel, could you go away for half an hour? They love us no matter what we do. They're present with us in that space of love. And as we embody we begin to be able to feel them more in that place of love. Long answer, great question. That's a great answer. Um, so as soon as you started speaking to that about the importance of being present in our bodies, our physical bodies, not trying to escape the human experience, because in the human experiences where we have all those experiences that um, we don't enjoy, the grief, sorrow, pain, all of that, of course, it's also where we have all the joy, love, bliss, excitement, all of those things too. But the very first thing that came to mind as soon as you were talking, talking about the importance of being in our bodies was about meditation. And so uh, meditation is a fantastic tool to be able to calm our minds down and sort of also, and also tune into um, you know, experiences beyond our physical bodies. And I just, I, I'm wondering if you can just speak to the value of the do, the value of um, opening up to, you know, what comes through meditation and being present in a person's physical body, that it's not either or, that there's value in both. Will you just share your thoughts on that? Well, one of the things that I've been told over and over and over and over again sounds very much like this. There's all the time in the world to be dead when you're dead. <laughs> Now that you're alive, be alive, be in and of and as your body. So a meditation practice allows us in a deeper way to be fully present in our body because most of the time we're just up in our brain, chattering away. And when we enter a state of meditation, it's not like we're leaving our body, we're becoming more embodied and my favorite image really is when the buddha becomes enlightened he becomes more present physically and his companion is a tree mm. the bodhi tree it is rooted in physicality it is sending out branches so in a way our meditation practice roots us and spreads us out and the one other piece I want to add to it, Kim, is what I've been told again and again that's useful for some people. 
waking, sleeping, meditating is, and a doctor told me this, that when we are born and coming into the world, that the iron in our cells, in our blood cells, is actually magnetized by the physical direction that we're born in. Okay. So if you get that, like there are little magnets in every single one of our cells. And although they're replaced, they're passing it on to the one that replaces them. Darling, you were born facing Southeast. And so one of the supporters for people meditating that may be useful for some of the people here is if you sit or lie down on the floor and rotate your body really slowly in every physical direction. So say you start out facing east, and then you okay. slowly move southeast, south, southwest, west, northwest, north, northeast, come back to east. You may notice that there's a place where you click. Wow. It feels right. And that doesn't have to be your absolute meditation direction. But when you're feeling wobbly, when you're feeling disconnected, and you come back to align your body, your embodied self with that direction in the bigger planet, something clicks. So you've got your roots, you've got your branches, they're part of your body, and then click, you're connected. So you may be accustomed to always meditating, facing one wall in your room. And this is the same for sleep. Some people who have trouble sleeping find that that shifts. And sometimes it doesn't work depending on the size of your bed and bedroom. But you may want to play with, do I sleep better if I'm facing east? Because east is my direction. So putting all these things together, be embodied, but be also connected to the planet and its energy supports, holds us in this opening meditation space. That was such a rich answer. I, I just, I, I love that. That gave me a new visual because I tend to, when I walk someone else through a, through a meditation, we talk about being aligned and grounded, both of them. So, you know, from above and below and, and, go really deep. But I got to be honest, when I do my own meditations, yes, I ground my energy, but I tend to think more of, I think I tend to have more of a visual upward um, of my energy. And the, just the answer, I don't, I hope this is making sense to someone out there. The answer you just gave about when you connected meditation, the value of meditation and being embodied, I got a different visual of the energy coming down and filling us up and um, really resonating more in the body space. And that was just really wonderful for me. So thank you for that. That is awesome. Um, and I do want to go back. Helene, we answered her question earlier and she was affirming. She says, yes, I get this, Kim O'Neill. Awesome, awesome. And Rebecca, uh, Rebecca, let us know if Elias's answer, he extended the answer. Let us know if some of that uh, helped to further answer your question. Um, she did end up saying, LOL, I would just like to know, I can feel their presence, but I haven't really embodied that. So wondering if that answer about meditation may support you in, in being able to embody more of that. Let me add one thing that has been part of my meditation practice for more than 40 years. But what okay. I was guided to do, which helps some people, is 
to actually sit down and start out by massaging my entire body from Ooh. head to toe. Okay. And for some people that's scary because of our judgments, our feelings, some of us don't fit in the body that we have. Some of us don't like the body. We're too thin, we're too fat, we're too light, we're too dark, we're too old, we're too young, we're too bald, we're too this. We're ill, we have judgments about that, we're differently abled. But if we're able, not physically to massage ourselves, but energetically, mm. or to imagine that actually your angel or angels are massaging you, it engages the cells, it deepens our capacity for being present and embodied. So my meditation practice always starts and stops with self-massage. That is a great tip. I love that. I love that. And of course, that's just bringing up for me the power of love, self-love, loving yourself, allowing yourself to be loved, to feel loved, all of that. Awesome. Um, and Rebecca had an additional question. She said, so we don't necessarily have knowledge of who these angels are like family members now in light form. I'm not sure I understand the question, Rebecca. Um, Elias, how, how do you relate to this question? So relating to the question, one of the things that we can start to do, that you can start to do is to settle into a quiet place. And if you have a little meditation altar of any kind, and I've worked with people who have lots of kids and family and they live in a tiny place. And I've said, get a little shoebox, put in the things you love that connect you to the world and to spirit. And when it's your time to, you know, lock yourself in the bathroom for 10 minutes to meditate, take out the shoebox, set it up, feel your direction. And then one of the questions to say is, I know you're here. I am ready to be a little bit more conscious than I was. I'm ready for you to reveal yourself to me consciously a little bit more. Do you have a name? Mm -hmm. Do you have attributes you want me to think of you as? For some people, there's a kind of physical sense. So I have taught people over the years who said, I always feel my angel behind my left shoulder. I always feel my angel behind my right shoulder. Oh, I have two angels and one is on my right and one is on my left. Or I have three, two are behind me, one is in front. So opening up this door, angels love questions. So the question would be, how do I become more aware of you? Ask your angel or angels and let that unfold. See what happens. And for some people, just making the question conscious. How can I be more aware of you? Do you have a name? And the name could be Sylvia. The name could be Sheldon. The name could be something that barely fits into what a human body can make. Hmm. Rebecca, let us know if that answered your question. <clears throat> The other thing that was coming up for me, just as you were starting to say that, because I, I know it, it, um, it can be a process getting to a place where you feel comfortable speaking with angels, or I'm going to even say, you know, loved ones who have transitioned over. Um, 
I just want to affirm, we always have that control. I mean, I, I don't, I don't believe they want to scare us or anything of that sort. And so we get to have that control. And one thing that I have found and I speak to my coaching clients about is the power of breathing through anything that feels like resistance. So if there's that desire to, I want to, you know, I want to be able to talk to them. I want to be able to ask them questions, but I'm still feeling a little hesitant to, as you're feeling that start to just breathe into that at your own pace, allowing that fear to dissipate and you'll start to find there's more of an ease with it. So I just wanna share that with anybody that, that may benefit from that tip as well. Oh, I love this conversation, Elias. I'm really glad you're here and we're doing this, so thank you. <sighs> and you've had some interesting angel experiences. So usually the tables don't get turned, but Kim, is there something that you want to share about your experience of angels that will nurture and support the relationship that all of your listeners and watchers are wanting to have? <sighs> well, I have one in so I have, I have two that come to mind. One in particular, I am certain was an angel experience. The other one, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it, I think it possibly was. So, and that one came to mind earlier when you were sharing one of your earlier stories. I forget which one it was now, um, but I'll share that one first. And, and that was a few years ago. I, it was, I was lying in my bed sleeping and um, I was on my side and I woke up and I, I'm not mean to scare anybody here, but this, is, this is, was my experience. I felt a hand on the crown of my head and it was just placed there gently. It was just, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't pressure or any, there wasn't any of that, but I felt the energy of a hand on my head and it was there for a few seconds. And I was, yes, of course, kind of freaked out. And I just was still. And finally I was like, okay, I, what, what, what's going on? What is this? This was all in my head. What's going on? What is this? And I finally jerked to, you know, to, to like get, get it off and it left. And in the moment that I jerked and I turned over, um, because even though I was freaked out, I also, I, you know, I've had other experiences that, that are not quite what I would define as angel experiences, but every time I've had an experience that feels metaphysical or otherworldly, um, I've noticed there's a part of me that freaks out, and, but there, yet there's a deep desire to not freak out because I want to be able to have the experience longer than a fleeting moment. So in this moment of when I freaked out and I moved over, hoping I would see something, of course, it all completely went away. But at that same, immediately then right after that, I had this asking, and I don't remember if I asked it out loud or if I just asked it in my head, but I had this asking of, you know, who is that? Who is this? Who's with me? And right after I asked that question, I got this energy of ease and love. And it was just like, oh, wow. It, it just assured me there's nothing to be afraid of. And it was such a beautiful experience. And um, anyway, that was that's the one that, that I sometimes question, but I because of that overwhelming feeling of love, I do tend to lean towards it being an angel experience. Sounds a lot like an angel experience and sounds like they probably left their business card on your night table. <laughs> <laughs> 
email them, call them up this evening and say, hey, I know it's been a while. I've been very busy. I'm doing the show. A lot is going on. But um, I have a free 15 minutes now. Come back and visit. Or let me find a way. Help me find a way to be more conscious of the fact that I suspect you're here all the time. But what a great story. Because I think that probably all of us have experiences like this all the time. But because we don't live in a culture that supports it, if we don't completely delete the experience, we put it off in some funny little category rather than weave it into the whole narrative of our spiritual life. Yes, and, and I do that to this day often speak to my angels, but I love the exercise you just gave of um, you know, holding even more space for connection and I want to say communication with my angels. So um, that will be something that I do. I want to take a look at our chat here. We do still have time for more angel questions and answers. And let me just see here. Uh, we have Betty who has joined us. I know you joined us a while ago, Betty. Good to see you here with us. And okay, it looks like we have another new question. Awesome, awesome. So May is asking, where does the phrase come from that we say there's an angel always watching out for us? Ooh, okay, so May's wondering, where does the phrase, there's an angel always watching out for us, come from? Elias, do you have any thoughts on that? <clears throat> That's a good question. I think, at least in terms of English, I don't know. But in one of the ancient Hebrew texts in the Talmud, there's a verse that says, every blade of grass has an angel over it, calling out to the blade of grass, grow grow. Uh. So this notion is so old, May, and I don't know exactly where the phrase is and what the angels are saying, hold on a moment, is if you go all the way back in human history, you know, more than a million years to East Africa where sentient human consciousness evolved, your ancestors were aware of us. And so the phrase goes way, way, way back. And it was sometimes part of when a parent would rock their child into sleep, sitting up in a tree, as their ancestors did. They would say, I am here with you, and so are the angels and the child would fall asleep feeling both the physical and the angelic presence as comfort and companion. How nice. <clears throat> May, let us know if, uh, if that helps answer your question. Oh, I love, love, love this. Let's see here. We have Betty who is saying, the angels are protecting me right now from tropical storm Elsa. I hear a pleasant angelic choir that all is well. And Betty does hear angels as well. So Betty, I'm glad that you are receiving that and hearing that. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, goodness, goodness. Okay, it looks like Joanne is also with us. Hello to Joanne. Good to see you here. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and Betty was also saying, I had an angel driving my steering wheel away from a head-on collision. Oh. Wow. Goodness, goodness. Okay, I don't see any new questions in the chat, so I will pull from my list that I also have. Oh. 
So the second question, I don't know that this is, you know, let me, let me see here. Let me look at the list that I've got here. So, okay. So this is kind of a, a spinoff of what you started to say earlier when you started, you were talking about um, Zoom being a nice metaphor for angels, you know, one angel being able to see many people all at the same time. They have a heavy caseload. And I've also heard that, you know, people can have more than one angel. And so the thoughts that come to mind for me are, well, can't angels so, okay. So, and let me know if you're not, if you have had the same thoughts, you know, help, let me know that I'm not alone in this, but there's, to me, there's kind of this notion that, well, angels can do everything. They can do anything. They can do everything. And so the thought of what a person having more than one angels sounds awesome. And at the same time, what would be the purpose of that, of having more than one angel? Um, I kind of have this notion that you know, one angel can do it all. We, I, I know you already started to say, you know, something about this, but does anything else come up for you as I say that? Well, I don't know that there's always absolute agreement. So Timothy Wiley, who is no longer embodied, who Alma and I wrote Ask Your Angels with, said that everyone has two angels. Okay. And... I have worked with people who always had four. And coming back to what I said about the directions, I've worked with and met people who have one in front, one behind, one to the right, one to the left, but they're aligned north, south, east, west. I think at different times in our life, depending on what our caseload is and our workload, we may have more than one angel, but every family as a kind of guardian angel. Aww, and now many nice. of us live in multiply blended, recombined families, so there's lots of overlap. Every classroom, every school, every institution, every state, every neighborhood has its own angel, angels watching over. And our planet, as I've been taught, has three vast angels that watch over the planet. And they are larger than the planet itself. So when I talked about the sphere that I saw that was what I think of more often than not as Raffaella now, okay. imagine that our planet has three angels that are the size of the physical planet out to be on the edge of our atmosphere. And one of them, we talk about Eularia, and ask your angels, watches over human beings. One of them, which I think we call the earth angel, and which some years later I was told that we could call Talaya. Talaya watches over the physical planet. And then the third one, Sumaya, watches over all the life forms on the planet. And so if you just imagine that what to us are these vast angels that are bigger than the whole planet, they completely coexist. Their bodies overlap each other energetically, but we can tune into them. So there are many, many levels. Who's the angel of your family, your job, your neighborhood, uh, your volunteer work, rippling, 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 but not very different than if we think about who are your neighbors. If you're in school, you know, who's your teacher, who's the principal, 
you know, who's the chancellor, who's the CEO of your corporation. We have a lot of engagement. Do angels have, <laughs> okay, there are no silly questions today, okay? Do angels have their own thoughts? Or do, are they just simply beings of love here to help out? Do they have thoughts? My understanding, and other people will get different answers, is they do. Okay. Because they're not embodied, there are places that they don't necessarily go to. So things that you've talked about that are so much a part of physical life, fear, okay. anger, disappointment, upset. My understanding, and this is only my understanding, as a limited physical object with a neural structure that accepts some information but not others, is they have all of those experiences. And the other thing that they've told me, and I've spoken to people who disagree, is that there is no such thing as bad angels and good angels. That mm -hmm. all angels are a neutral field. And if something that we would think of as diabolical, devilish, demonic, comes into our space, that actually all angels hold up a mirror to us. Okay. They're blank fields holding up this mirror of their being. And the ones we think of as good angels are reflecting back our goodness. But sometimes the ones show up who are reflecting back our badness. But they actually in their own nature are neutral. <sighs> mm -mm -mm. <sighs> I'm going to take a look at the chat and I'm going to let this, this current thought percolate. Um, thank you for sharing that. So awesome. Okay. So we have here, oh, and let's just go back. Okay. So oh, there's like new stuff showing up in the chat that just did not show up before. So let me just take a quick look here. Um, Okay. Okay. We have uh, Rebecca affirming earlier. Thank you. I love the idea of meditation and she loves the shoebox idea and she will try with asking questions to her angels. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate you sharing that. And we have Helene saying here, when she worries, her angel comes to her. Beautiful. Okay, and Betty has shared a big comment. You can't see our faces on the screen, but let's read this. She says, I remember at age five and the angels summoned me to a book of what my future brings. A picture of a Greek boy who was disabled and was pushed to the hillside as shunning him. This picture revealed that I will be working with these people. It came true later in life. Ooh, Betty, that is a fascinating story. Oh, yes. Thank you for sharing that. And I suspect, again, Betty, that lots of people had that experience. But there's something about our culture that doesn't support us remembering it. Oh, my so goodness. Th there are wonderful stories about people who were born in cultures that believe in reincarnation. And if you wake up in the morning and you run to your parents and say, oh, last night I dreamed about, you know, my last parents in this culture you might get really shunned and mocked or teased or said, oh, that was just a dream. But in other places, your parents would sit down and say, tell me about them. What do they look like? 
Do you remember who you were? Were you this, were you that? Was it a long time ago, was it recently? So I love two things, that you had that experience, three things, that you remembered it, and the third is that you shared it. Thank you, what a blessing. Yes, that was definitely a blessing. Betty also has a question. You you touched on this a little earlier, but um, let's let's go here again because I know many people wonder this. So she's asking, do you actually hear the angels' spoken words or gibberish coded language? I know to others. I'm not sure what that last part means. So so I think she's asking, how do you hear and communicate with the angels? And you started to talk about kind of a, a background conversation or images that you pick up on. Good, beautiful question, and it opens a little bit of a door because I am a listener. That's the primary way that this physical object is organized to receive information. So I think that's called um, clairaudient. But I've met people who see the angels, which I rarely ever do. And often what they've told me is that they come to most people through feeling shifts in our body back to why it's important to be embodied. So you're having a really bad day and all of a sudden your mood changes and you are able to breathe out the, the tension, the anger, the frustration, the disappointment. And sometimes that's when our angel comes and just soothes us and massages us the way a loving parent would. And so for some people, they will never see things, they will never hear them or probably never hear them but they will feel them. But again, we're not taught, oh, when something like that happens, that's your angel touching you in a way that you've opened up to. So I hear patterns coming at me. That a part of my brain translates into English. But I know that it's like a, a translation device in my brain. They're not speaking English. I know that. And I've talked about that with my angels. They're sending these patterns. Every once in a while, I've seen them. Usually, I just feel them. But there's absolute instantaneous, simultaneous translation, which I love. So, I mean, now we have that function in some places in Zoom. I remember as a kid going to the United Nations and someone would be speaking up front and there would be simultaneous translators translating those words into multiple languages. So for some people, the pattern, if you're deaf, and you're sitting with someone who is, a, who is doing sign language for you, it's not turned into another spoken language. And what I've been told is that the earliest human language was not spoken, that it was completely signed, which is why babies who were taught sign are actually fluent six months before babies who were taught to speak, because what's deeply encoded in human neurology and not like spoken language, so I hope that's helpful because some people sitting here are going to get little patterns that they discount. But now you may want to start to pay attention. I think that was a beautiful answer. Thank you for sharing that. Betty, let us know how um, what you're taking away from that. And uh, Betty is saying when entering her imaginary mind, 
well, when entering imaginary mind, you will see angels. <sighs> Wonderful. <clears throat> so I have one final question. I don't see any new questions in the chat on my end. If you have one last question, you, now is your time to go ahead and put it in the chat. But um, I'm going to go ahead and ask a question since I don't see one yet. And Elias, that is, you talked earlier about, um, about humans and angels both coming from God and angels choosing to be angels and humans choosing to be human. And I'm wondering, humans, we, we have a, a shelf life. <laughs> Our bodies don't last forever. Do angels ever die or expire um, or are new ones ever created? Will you speak to that? A good question. Are new human souls ever created? That too. Do we ever die? What is eternity for soul? So the, that's my question about the questions. And on this planet, it's important to factor back that we share higher consciousness with dolphins, whales, and porpoises. And that the next level of intelligence close to us has elephants and bears and other animals in it. And so we're part of this bigger picture. And I think that it goes on and on. Although some years ago, what one of the angels said to me is there is a point that a soul, an individual soul can make where it decides, I'm done. And in a way, it dives back into the swimming pool of consciousness and just all the cells that make up a soul just start to diffuse. So what I've been told is that there is a death beyond death that's utterly by choice. Wow. It seems to take billions of years for a soul to say, no, I'm ready to dive back into the big pool. Hmm, that is fascinating. Okay. Um, Helena saying, thank you, Elias Raymer, for bringing our angels within our heart of love. And Elias, yes, thank you so much for answering all of these questions. Um, is there a question that you that that you did that wasn't asked today that you think um, that you would like to to add to today's show or conversation that you think someone out there might be curious about? A good question about questions. Thank you. Tim. <laughs> what what comes to mind? But this is coming from like you know my angels tapping me on the head. Is I live in Northern California. We're on the cusp of fire season. There are storms all over. There is global warming. There is global freezing. There is droughts. The UN has estimated that in 30 years, there will be 1 billion people who are refugees due to climate change. Oh, so wow. the question, hopefully that won't be true, but the question for all of us to ask as we're opening up to larger, broader, higher, deeper forms of intelligence in ourselves and in the angelic realm is, what am I being called to do to help transform human life on this planet so that our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, their great-grandchildren are not refugees, are living in a viable, beautiful world? And that's, for me, why the angels came into my life, to nurture and support this awareness of transformation. And... 
that may not have been what you were consciously thinking of. So I'm going to sort of like put a little post-it on your work, which is every day is a new day. We are beings of light and our species has made some negative choices on this planet. How do we shift that energy and how do we shift our absolute physical action? And again, what the angels say is the best place to be aware of them is when we're embodied. And when we're embodied, we have the ability to change human life on the planet. So everyone listening to this is an agent in the transformation of the planet. And feel that you can step out into your day, your night, your morning, your evening, north, south, east, west, up, down, knowing that your angels are with you and that together we can change the world. I am going to put something on the screen that you just said, because I think it was awesome. And that is, where is it? Here we go. You are an agent, agent of transformation. That was beautiful. You are an agent of transformation. I think that's the reason why I want to highlight that is because I think it can be easy for people to think, what? All these problems are so much bigger than me. What can I do? How can I make a difference? And one of the points that you you really highlighted throughout today's conversation is about the importance of when you are embodied, you're more in your power. You're more in your power. You absolutely make a difference being here and you absolutely can make a positive impact on what you see happening around you in the world. And um, yeah, you are an agent of transformation. Thank you for saying that. Well, thank you, Kim. You're an agent of transformation in your work. I write books. You hold really big conversations in this mystical realm of physicality and energetics moving. And everyone here is an agent of transformation. Absolutely. Well, Elias, so I do want to go ahead and make sure people know how to get in touch with you. And so will you share with them? I'm going to put on the screen your website link and um, would love for you to uh, say more about how they can connect with you. The best way I would think to connect with me is actually not with me. I'm just the channel through which information flows. So the best way to connect with me is through the books that have come through me. And if you go to andrewramer.com, and that was my given name, all of my books were and will be written by Andrew. But when I turned 70 in March, I decided to step into and be called by my middle name, which wasn't my middle name at birth, but was given to me by the angels in 1988. So I've used, I had no middle name at birth. So since 1988, wow. which is a few weeks ago, I I've been using it. And as I approached 70, the angels sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, it's time to just be Elias Raymer, but I'm also Andrew Raymer. So that's the best way, I think, is if you explore the books, that's where the information comes from. I mean, most of the time, I'm just this sort of neurotic guy wandering around the world. And then every once in a while, as you will discover in your life, the angels just wrap themselves around and open me up. And then I go back to being sort of the anxious, neurotic, you know, guy that I was before. But the books are clear channeling. That's awesome. Awesome. And everyone got to see some of that clear channeling here today. I, I'm going to say just the information that you were sharing. Would you identify today's conversation as a little bit of clear channeling? 
Oh, I would, yes. Yeah. And exquisite okay. questions and your holding presence and the glorious flowers behind you and the possibility that the more of us that do this kind of work and have these conversations, the more that there will be an exquisite, viable world for our great, 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 great grandchildren. So thank you um, for what you're doing, Kim. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, Elias. And so just to recap for everyone, Elias Raymer is Andrew Raymer, and all of his books are written under the name Andrew Raymer. And Ask Your Angels is just one of them. He has others. And so if you go to andrewraymer.com, you can uh, find out more about Elias and his books as well. So wonderful, wonderful. Let's take a quick look at the chat again. Uh, we have more thank yous that came in from Helene and from Rebecca. Um, you guys are awesome. Betty is saying, wow, this is a great topic and discussion. I love your work and wisdom with angels. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here, all of you. We've got a couple of beautifuls <laughs> beautifuls. You guys are beautiful. So thank you all for being here with us today. Oh my goodness. Elias, this was wonderful. I'm really glad we did this again. And um, gosh, just thank you. Oh, we have to, we have to. Okay. I'm so glad I remembered this. We have to pull an angel card. So Elias, will you assist me in pulling an angel card? Oh, yes. So we are going to pull an angel card today from one of my favorite angel card decks from Keith Leon S., who was with us earlier in the conversation. That is the cover. And then, of course, here's this gorgeous artwork. I always have to show showcase this. And you can get this, I believe, at beyondbeliefpublishing.com. So I'm just going to do some light shuffling first. And then in a moment, would love for you to uh, tell me when to stop. And whatever card is on the top, and sometimes there's one that just pops out on its own, that'll be our, our card. Okay, just... Centering my energy. Okay. Ooh. Elias, when you're ready, go ahead and, and feel free to say stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. So <laughs> I've got one right here in my hand that, that stayed there. We have Archangel Azrael. I'll show the card first. It says, I am Archangel Azrael. I'm available to assist souls making the transition from the physical to the spirit world. Whether, aid, whether aiding you to assist a friend or family member during their transition from life to afterlife, or assisting you in letting go of old thoughts and behaviors so you may move into a new way of being, know I am right by your side to hold you in the light during the transition. <laughs> Yeah, just feeling to let that let that be. Um, Elias, do you, do you want to share any thoughts on that? You don't have to, but. Well, thank you, Keith. Thank you, Kim. We're always in transition. Yeah. And it's also nice because we tend to think of sort of like the four big archangels who I think of as Michelle, Gabriella, Raffaella, and Uriella. So it's nice to have someone else be welcome today into the space consciously, who's here all the time. Awesome, awesome. And and Rebecca is asking if I can write the card name down. You know what, I, yeah, let me quickly, I'll just type this into, that was Archangel. And as I'm doing this, I noticed you didn't mention Michael. 
No, I didn't say Michelle. Oh, Romy oh, Perel. thank you. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, okay, so Rebecca, to answer your question, the card was Archangel Azrael and Elias. Thank you. So, Michelle Michael, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. awesome. And there's a wonderful book. It's called, can I run and grab it? It's like three feet from here. It's called Dictionary yeah. of Angels. Hold on. Yeah, go, go right ahead. And I'll hold this back up on the screen in case any of you wanted to take a snapshot of that. Let's see if I can. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's, it's hard to see because the light is reflecting. But if you don't know this book, I first discovered it as a teenager. The original edition finally got moldy and fell apart, so I had to replace it. But it's A Dictionary of Angels by Gustav Davidson. And it's a wonderful meditation journey because sometimes I'm sitting and I'm confused. And the way that Kim just shuffled through a deck, I just flip through the book and with my eyes closed and I come to an angel. And now I come to another one. So this is a fun tool toy, if you don't know it and want to explore it. Oh, I love that. And who is that book written by? It's Gustav Davidson. Gustav Davidson. Okay, there we go. Yeah, Gustav, there we go. Okay, I definitely want to check that out. And I love that you just mentioned that you will just randomly flip through the book for a message because that is what I do. We do that every Monday on Inspirational Message Monday. We didn't do one this, this week, but um, that's what I love to do too for inspired, aligned messages for the moment. So for anybody who's resonating with that, definitely join me for those on Facebook or YouTube. And as you can see, we have just continued beyond the hour because it's so fun to talk to Elias. Um, but I think it's about time to close out. We've got another thank you here to Elias. Great conversation today. Oh, and, um, and you're so welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for being here. Well, okay, so I, I, we, we're just gonna like have to cut it off. So Elias, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to everyone who, yes. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's been here today. Remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And, ooh, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, asking your angels is a great way to receive love and support and information to support you in experiencing that new day, whatever that means for you. So let us know in the chat what you're taking away from today's conversation. We will be back again on next Monday with another Inspirational Message Monday. And of course, next Thursday with another awesome guest. Have an amazing day, everybody. Stay right there, Elias. And I'll see you all very, again, very, very soon. Bye.